All right, I think we're live. So hello, everybody out there on Facebook. Welcome to the uh, latest episode of our Tomorrow's World live Facebook show. I've got Mr. Rod McNair and Dr. Doug Winnell on set with me today. So welcome to you gentlemen. We're very happy to have you all join us. We're really enjoying doing these shows. We hope that they're uh, helpful and useful for you. Uh, I do want to remind you and ask you to please share the link with your friends on Facebook. If you would, help get the word out that we're, uh, we're doing the show. Uh, we have uh, a lot of news today, and we wanted to cover some news uh, items. So I'll jump right into the, the show today and jump right into the first topic. Uh, as many of you know out there um, in the world who's watching the show right now, uh, we've had some really terrible attacks uh, terrorism attacks lately, in, in England especially, in Great Britain. Uh, there's been terrorist attacks also in parts of Africa and in uh, the Philippines, Sri Lanka is dealing with some things, the Philippines are dealing with some things. So really, uh, just a lot of terrible, terrible terrorism going on around the world right now. Specifically in London, as you all know uh, in the news, we had a really bad incident uh, very recently, and I want to read a brief uh, statement from a recent BBC News article to kind of get into the, the conversation. The article is titled, this is from just a few hours ago, it's titled, London Attack Video Emerges of Police Shooting. And it's quite a lengthy article, I'm sure you've all been following this, but it mentions that there was CCTV footage that showed the three men attacking, um, a pedestrian in a, in, a, in a market before charging at the armed officers. Uh, the men were then shot dead. In total, 17 people have been arrested and five remain in custody. And that's, that's a, a data point, I think, that is, is, is worth reflecting on, that, that, that 17 have been arrested and five remain in custody. So quite a large network, potentially, of people who were involved in this, at least, you know, may have been involved. The article mentions that police have named uh, Yusuf uh, Zagba, a 22-year-old Moroccan-Italian man who lived in East London. Uh, Karoum Butt, a 27-year-old from Barking. And Rasid Redouane, 30, who also lived in Barking. And it mentions that these three men drove into pedestrians on London Bridge before stabbing people in the borough market. So I won't read all of the, uh, the, the news item. But I guess the question is why. The question is why. That's what people are asking. Um, I've got children, you all have children, and I know a lot of times children are asking why, but not just children, adults are asking why. And I do think we've got some answers we can share. So let's kick it off. Maybe Dr. Winnell, you can jump in first with big picture, what's going on, why? You know, we're living in a period of time today whenever violence seems to be spreading all around the world. And many of these uh, violent attacks have come from Islamic people. And we live in a world today where nobody wants to say anybody's right or nobody's wrong. Uh, we just accept everything. Yet there was an article in the Wall Street Journal on Monday of this week. It says, Jihad returns to Britain. The UK is waking up to the ideological nature of the Islamic threat. You know, if, if you want to understand what motivates these people, all you have to do is read the Koran. Now, that's not real popular to say today. But when you read the Koran, you find out what the motivation is. I've got a book that I've been going through over a number of years, recommending it to other people. It's entitled Differences, the Bible and the Koran. And what this book does, it takes subjects. It talks about unbelievers, and it tells you what the Bible says about unbelievers, and it tells you what the Koran uh, says about unbelievers. The Bible says, love your enemies. 
the Quran says basically, when you fight, slay pagans wherever you find them and seize them, uh, beleaguer them, lie in wait for them, any way that you find it, because Islam is supposed to take over the world. And these people are basically motivated. They want to do what the Quran says. They want to get rid of unbelievers, which is anybody that does not believe in Islam. And again, we don't want to talk about these things today, but this is what motivates these people. It talks about if somebody leaves the faith, then you crucify them. Uh, you cut their hands off. You cut their feet off. Uh, this is barbaric behavior. But this is what is motivating people today. You know, it's interesting, following along on that, Dr. Winnell, the, the police are under scrutiny uh, now, aren't they? Because there was one of these men, or maybe more, that they had under surveillance, or at least there was on their radar. And now questions are being asked, well, why didn't the police do more to somehow be able to prevent this? But their hands are tied uh, because of the political correctness and the, their they don't want to be guilty of profiling over, you know, in an over, uh, over um, extreme way. And so it really is a difficult uh, situation when our uh, culture is so tolerant of any view, of every view. Um, so it, so the, the question then becomes what's happening in our, in our Israelite nations. And this is a part of prophecy, isn't it? It's a part of uh, some of the curses that are coming on us because of our sins. You know, again, we're living in this very tolerant age. You know, I've got another paper here off the internet. It says, tolerance will not stop terrorism. And it's the same thing that appeasement never stopped uh, anything before. And we try and appease people well. They don't have enough jobs and they're, they're not treated right and so on. Appeasement doesn't work. A tolerance doesn't work. Uh, Again, we're not advocating violence against anybody, but I was reading also that Italy is very different. Uh, they do not tolerate uh, terrorism. And they arrest people, they get rid of them, because they're not going to put up with it. You know, whenever something happens like in London and people put out flowers and they buy teddy bears to uh, help people deal with their stress and so on, you know, the, these terrorists look at that and say, you're a bunch of weaklings. You know, you're not going to do anything to us. Yeah, they had the names of these people, but they had something, I think, like three or 4,000 people. And they're trying to figure out which one is going to do something. If you've got a list of three or 4,000, you could arrest them all. And then, then you remove them. So you remove the threat. But we don't do things like that today in our liberal societies because it's not the politically correct thing to do. You know, uh, in Leviticus, it talks about... Uh you know, God, it's Leviticus 24, and he talks about you shall have the same law for the stranger as well as for the Israelite. Um, God, in God's law in the Christian Bible, um, does not tell us to go off and, and, and kill and murder people who don't agree with us. Um, we're supposed to treat the foreigner fair, fairly. Um, and again, uh, Leviticus 24 is very clear about that. Having said that, um, I want to agree with what you men, the point you're making. Um, if, if the Western nations put their head in the sand, then it's sort of like when Chamberlain put his head in the sand before, you know, Hitler really, you know, really took <clears throat> off. Um, we're kind of ignoring um, what's, what's, what's happening on the ground, as, as, the, as the phrase would be, on the ground. And so we have uh, a religion 
that um, that does teach that you know the infidel needs to be either either killed or needs to pay the tax or needs to convert. Those are your three choices. Mm -hmm. And Christianity doesn't teach that. What Christianity teaches is that Jesus Christ is the King of Kings and that we should <clears throat> worship him, but it doesn't teach that we should go out and try to and try to, you know, kill or have people pay a tax or or force them to convert, you know, now we're supposed to preach the the gospel, but it's Jesus Christ <clears throat> who's going to ultimately bring about that that solution. And um, you know, so so back to the big picture. Where's this going to go? Where's this going to go? And and are we going to see our governments put a lid on the terrorism, or are we going to see this get worse? We're probably going to see it worse, and we'll probably see our governments begin to crack down even more. That is really the essence of this article that was in the uh, Wall Street Journal. That in the Western world, we don't like these things to happen in our society. And when they do begin, if the governments don't do anything, there's going to be political pressure from people to say, you've got to do something. You've got to protect us. You know, it's an interesting scripture in Psalm 127, verse 1, where it says, Unless the Lord builds the house, they labor in vain who build it. But then the latter part of that verse says, Unless the Lord guards the city. The watchman stands awake or stays awake in vain. You know, we're not trusting in God today. We are looking to our own methods, our own ways to try and solve these problems. And yet God basically says he's going to allow the Israelite nations to experience really severe consequences because we've turned our back on him and we've turned our back on his ways. You know, the Bible teaches we shouldn't kill. We shouldn't steal. Uh, we should be respectful of people. But those are not the values that our people are, are learning today, unfortunately. You know, and just to follow up on that, Jeremiah 17.5 says, Cursed is the man who trusts in, in himself. It makes flesh his strength. But blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord, whose hope is in the Lord. And so, as, as you said, our, as a people, we are clearly turning away from uh, any semblance of, of trusting and, and looking to God for strength. And maybe that is, uh, for, those of us, for those who are really listening and who want to uh, know how to be protected in the near future when these things are increasing, that's the answer. That we look to God, we don't, we can't, you know, rely on human means, whether it's the government or whether it's military, whatever. Uh, ultimately, every everyone must look to God and align our lives in uh, in such a way as to ask for His protection. And I think that's um, that's a good segue into the next topic we wanted to, to talk about. Um, which is, you know, where, where are we putting our trust? Are we putting our trust in God or, or are we putting our trust in our, in our human leaders? Now, we do need to respect, I think it's Romans 13, 1, that says that all authority was given or is, you know, is given by God. So we need to respect our, our leaders. But where do we put our trust? And we, um, you know, are we going to solve our problems? And so the, the next question has to deal with that, the snap elections uh, in Britain. And has to deal with this, you know, Britain, um, Theresa May has called a snap election. Why did she do this? Well, she wants to garner more support so that she has a greater majority so that she can negotiate uh, the, the British exit, the, the Brexit, uh, more favorably, or at least favorably in, in her, you know, according to her, 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 her goals. 
Um, but what we see is that Britain has kind of gotten themselves into a difficult situation. They're, they're, they're joined up with Europe, but now they want to get out of Europe. And we also see this terrorism that's playing a part of this, right? Because we see that there's been these, these terrorist attacks. And so who's the right person to lead Britain through that? And who's the right person to deal with that? So you have multiple things happening now. You have immigrants and you have terrorism. You also have Britain wanting out of the EU. And so we've talked about this for many, many years. And we've talked about um, the fact that, that you know, Britain will not ultimately be part of a unified Europe. Dr. Winnell, I think you mentioned Israelitish nations a minute ago. And so for those out there who don't know what you mean by that, could I just put you on the spot and have you give a quick <laughs> definition of what that means, but then maybe tie it into why have we been saying that Britain will not be part of that final European Union? Could you maybe tie that together for us? Right. Israelite nations goes back to the biblical concept that uh, Jacob had 12 sons. His name was changed to Israel. The Jews are the descendants of Judah, one of those 12 tribes. But there's 11 other sons, 11 other tribes. Uh, Joseph had two sons, Ephraim and Manasseh. One was to become a great nation. One was to become a multitude of nations. The Bible actually helps us to identify where the Israelite nations are today. Essentially, Northwest Europe, Britain, South Africa, Canada, America, Australia, New Zealand. Uh, these were nations that God wanted to be an example to the world. He gave them his laws. They're not any better than anybody else, but they were given God's laws to set them apart. They were blessed. That's why so many people want to come to America, want to come to Canada, want to come to South Africa if you're an African. But those blessings came with responsibilities. God said, if you turn away from me, you disobey my laws, then there will be consequences. And people want to know what's ahead for the future. God predicts the future in the Bible in many, many different places. And when you begin to understand who the Israelite nations are, you can begin to understand what their future is. And this is where the Bible sheds a very interesting, a very informative light on world events that the world doesn't understand today because Fox News, CBS doesn't talk about a biblical perspective, but that perspective is there and it's not going to go away. You know, following up on that, the, the 12 tribes of Israel, uh, two were, as Dr. Winnell, you mentioned, uh, Ephraim and Manasseh. And back in Genesis 49, 26, when it's talking about the prophecies for all of the tribes through uh, that would that would come to to fruition in the end time, he talks about Joseph, talks about Ephraim and Manasseh, and it it says to the effect the blessing there will be blessings on the crown of him who was separated from his brothers, and so just like Joseph was uh, was sold into slavery, was separated and eventually re reunited, um, but clearly Ephraim and Manasseh have, have uh, been separated from the other nations and are not going to be a part of, uh, part of the European uh, Union, the European experiment, as you have mentioned. And that's one thing that, uh, that most people don't see and don't understand. Why is Brexit happening? Well, it's because Britain is, is going to be separate. They're not going to be a part of uh, this juggernaut that's going to rise in, in Europe. And it goes back to uh, the, the prophecies for Ephraim and Manasseh, uh, the UK and, and America, and uh, what's going to happen to them in the end. Which we've been writing about this for, <clears throat> what, 60 years, mm -hmm. that the UK would not ultimately be 
ultimately be part of that European Union. Dr. Renaud, you're going to add to that? There's a couple of other things. These prophecies literally run through the Old Testament. In Deuteronomy 28, which is promise, um, blessings and cursings, where God says, if you obey, you're going to be blessed. And he's talking to these Israelite nations. But in Deuteronomy 28, verse about 20, it says that if you turn away from me, turn away and reject my laws, your downfall is going to come suddenly. And we're going to be seeing this happening. Things are happening all over today. But it also talks about uh, in Job 12, 23, where it says, God makes nations great, and he also brings them down, and he brings them down when they turn away from God. So what we're seeing today happening, the future of Britain, the future of America, is going to be very difficult over possibly this summer. I just wrote something this morning about a summer of our discontent. Things are happening all over the place right now that do not look good for Britain, do not look good for America. Um, we just got a note here that uh, regarding Brexit and the, the, the election, it looks like there's a 7 to 8% increase projected for the Tories, which is Theresa May's party, which would strengthen their ability to, to exit and possibly do what they're calling a, a hard exit. Um, I, a, a prophecy or a scripture came, to, it's a prophecy, came to mind a few minutes ago, and I looked it up in, in uh, Hosea 5, verse 5. Mm -hmm. when, when, when we talk about the Israelitish nations and we talk about understanding what's, you know, what's going to happen in the future, um, if we understand Bible prophecy and the identity of who Ephraim and Manasseh and Judah are, then it helps us understand you know, what's happening in the news. And so I want to read this for our, 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 our viewers out there. Uh, it, it's Hosea 5, uh, verse 3. God says through Hosea the prophet, I know Ephraim, and Israel is not hidden from me. Now, who's Ephraim? Ephraim, biblically speaking, is Britain and the British descended people. And that's a lot of information maybe for those who have not read our booklets and proven it for themselves, but that's, that's the answer. Uh, and then God says, Israel's not hidden from me. Well, there's now he's not speaking about just Britain or just Ephraim, but all of Israel. And then he go, goes on to uh, say that they've committed harlotry, so going after you know paganism, foreign gods. And then he, he says in verse 4, they don't direct their deeds or turn back toward him. But I want to get down here to verse 5, uh, Hosea 5.5. 5. It's a really interesting, sobering prophecy, which I know you're familiar with, that says, the pride of Israel testifies to his face, therefore... Israel and Ephraim stumble in their iniquity. Judah also stumbles with them. So here you have God saying, Israel, Ephraim, and Judah, all of them. Now, mm -hmm. that didn't happen historically. As we all know, right. that did not right. happen historically. Right. So either God is mistaken or this is a future prophecy. And so when we look at Brexit, Brexit's mostly you know, Ephraim. We, we know the United States is, is an Israelitish descendant country. The Bible says they're going, we're going to stumble at, together. Mm -hmm. at some future time. So um, that's one of the many reasons we know that Britain won't be part of this European Union forever and ever. Uh, they're, they're sadly destined to uh, be um, you know, conquered by that European Union at some point in the future. You mentioned about the Israelite nations turning away from God and turning towards paganism. You know, I lived in England for about five years, and I was down in the southeast where Stonehenge is and some other things, and I was there on the uh, summer solstice. And as I drove up that morning, and the solstice had been earlier that morning, there were thousands of people down there mm -hmm. around the, uh, the um, Stonehenge 
My wife and I stayed just at the foot of one of the hills down there, which the Druid Jews and the lady of the, the, um, the bed and breakfast said, well, you need to stay tonight because there's going to be a big celebration up there and the Druids are going to be here and they're going to be beating drums and dressed up and so on. Uh, a lot of paganism is coming back over there as the uh, Church of England begins to subside with their influence. So we tend to look at these nations as being quote-unquote Christian nations, but uh, they've adopted all kinds of other beliefs. And these are some of the things God is going to punish his people for because they've turned away from him. I want to remind everybody to share the link. And I want to say hi to some people. We've got, uh, frankly, people joining us from all around uh, the world, as well as right here in Charlotte. So hello uh, to people from South Africa, from, uh, from the Philippines, from Europe, and, and from right here in Charlotte. I want to move on and talk about a little bit about what's happening with uh, the ex-FBI director, James Comey, and uh, the Trump-Russia investigations. Uh, you know, it's no secret that we are having a drama to say the, to put it mildly, uh, with our with our government and our presidency, and there's a lot that I'm very thankful for. I know we all are. Uh, I really appreciate some of the things that, that that the new president has done, standing up for for certain rights and really slowing down some things that were kind of going in a really bad way. Um, so we're not political. We're not going to take a side. We're not going to say you know we're supporting this person or not. But we've got a mess. We've got a mess. And I guess the question is regarding the dysfunction that we're seeing right now, regarding the dysfunction, um, what are some reasons that we've got the dysfunction? You know, does it go beyond Democrat and liberal, a uh, Democrat and Republican? You know, what are some of the, the reasons? You know, if you go to CNN or Fox, you've got talking points from both sides. And it's kind of what you have. You have, you have the liberal talking points and the conservative talking points. There's a little bit of truth in both, but you've got these talking points. Well, what's really happening beneath the talking points? What are we seeing today? You know, I think the, 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 the first, the background is that, that we are told in the Bible to pray for those in authority. First uh, Timothy chapter 2 talks about pray for the kings and pray for those who are in authority over you. So that's the, the backdrop. Um, but even when uh, they are not they they are not uh, the most uh, righteous examples that we would we would hope them to be and and really what we're seeing is the fact that man is incapable of ruling over man and we're we're seeing that every day we're seeing that in you know there are a lot of a um, lot of blame that can be cast in any of these situations uh, as you said we are not here to to take a political stand. Uh, but we understand that ultimately there has to be a new government that comes to this earth to solve the problems we, that we have. Uh, Isaiah chapter 11 and verse 3 talks about Christ reigning on the earth. It talks about how he will not judge by the sight of his eyes he will, uh, or by the hearing of his ears, but with righteousness he'll judge the poor. And, and really, ultimately, that's, that's the only solution. Uh, there, there are a lot of different flavors of man's government, and certainly we appreciate, as you pointed out, the, the, the freedoms, the liberty we have here and in other parts of the, the world where they have freedom. But ultimately, the, the, the solution is that we need, we need Christ reigning on earth uh, and not man. 
You know, you were asking why is this happening today, the so-called soap opera that we're seeing in Washington and other places. You know, I taught in colleges and universities for about 20 years. Most recently, I taught at a state college up in Massachusetts. And in college classrooms, we don't talk about God. We don't talk about the Bible. These things are made fun of. And yet, you know, George Washington made a statement whenever he became the president of the United States or the president uh, at that time. He said, it's impossible to rule without God and without the Bible. And when we throw these things away, our values change. In Isaiah 3, it talks about the time is going to come when God is going to take away the judge. He's going to take away the prophet. He's going to take away the mighty man. The people are going to be looking for solutions, but they're not going to be able to find it. And this is what we're happening today, what we're seeing happening today. We don't know how to solve these problems. Um, when he says he's going to take away the wise leaders, he also says children are going to rule over them. He's not talking about little children. He's talking about impulsive, impatient, uh, inexperienced, self-motivated people. That they're not there to serve people, they're there to serve themselves. And when we lose a set of values where we're focused on wanting to do things God's way, and we do it our way, there's going to be consequences to that. And the Bible tells us these things in spite of the fact we don't believe the Bible anymore. <laughs> right. You know, you know there was a, there's an interesting story in, in uh, 1 Samuel where <clears throat> during the time that Samuel was the judge and God was ruling over Israel through, through him, and then toward the end of his life, uh, when he was uh, on the decline, um, then the Israelites uh, said, we want a king. And so Samuel was uh, a bit discouraged uh, about this, and God told him, look, they have not rejected you, they've rejected me, uh, th that I should rule over them. And so it's, it's interesting how, uh, as Dr. Winnell, you were saying, how we ultimately, uh, we need the Bible, we need God's Word to rule over us, and uh, to the degree that we do that in any society, any government, People are blessed. Proverbs 29, verse 2 says, When the righteous are in authority, people rejoice. But when the wicked rule, people groan. And so as that wanes, uh, certainly we're, we're seeing the effect of it. Yeah, an interesting point about Proverbs 29, verse 2 is in order to be righteous, that by definition means we're following God's law. Mm -hmm. You know, I think it's easy to read that verse sometimes. And, right. and, and um, you, we're, it doesn't mean just you're a good person. It means that you're a good person who's trying to obey God's law. God's law works. And, you know, I, I feel, uh, you know, empathy and, and uh, sympathy uh, for our president and for, because for, I know there's many that are, are trying. I mean, they, 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 they're trying to do what they feel is good for the country. But without God's law, uh, we're, we're just not going to be blessed by God. We're not going to have right. success because we're, you know, whether it's the Sabbath day or, or tithing or, or pagan, you know, pagan holidays. There's so many ways that we're just not keeping God's law. We're, we're forfeiting those blessings. You know, there's another dimension here, too. We read in the Old Testament where God confounded the enemies of Israel. In some cases, they fought each other. They turned on each other. Mm -hmm. God also says he's going to bless nations that obey him, and he's going to bring down nations that don't. 
It's going to be interesting to watch because we seem to be feeding on ourselves today. Uh, political parties are going after each other, whether it's in the UK, whether it's in South Africa, whether it's in Canada, whether it's in the United States. We're literally devouring ourselves. And um, you know, a nation that is divided is not going to stand. You know, Abraham Lincoln understood that. So as we divide ourselves, it's really Satan working on the minds of people. As we turn away from God, we're going to reap what we're sowing. So much of uh, what we're talking about today is government. I want to turn to Revelation chapter 5 real, real quickly. And because, uh, you know, what, 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 what do we preach? The good news is the gospel of the kingdom of God, that, that, that Jesus Christ will set up God's government on the earth. <clears throat> Let me read this, and maybe we can talk a little bit about, um, about what will happen in that time, right? Just a, a, little, a little survey, a little overview. But um, Revelation chapter 5, let me get to it here. I'm going the wrong direction. Here it is. Um, so we have uh, Revelation chapter 5, verse 8 to 9, talks about the Lamb, and, and there's this, this picture of, of, of the throne and, and God in heaven. And then we find in verse um, 9 uh, that Jesus Christ is noted as being worthy to take the scroll, open the scroll, um, he has redeemed us, so we, we're thankful for his, his sacrifice. And then verse 10 talks about um, certain people, somebody being made uh, kings and priests uh, to our God. So right there, it's, it's to God, the God of Israel, not Buddha or Joseph Stalin or, or this guy in North Korea, right? It's the God of Israel. And, um, and, and will be, somebody's going to be, be made kings and priests and reign on the earth. Right, and so we're talking a lot about government today, and I'm getting a little bit off of the off of the notes, but maybe just to bring some some more encouragement and optimism to it. Um, what is it that we are looking forward to in the millennium, in the kingdom? What is it we're looking forward to? Let's paint that picture briefly for some of our audience who maybe hasn't studied this, maybe hasn't looked into it. You know, as you'll say sometimes, Dr. Winnell, are we going to go up just to heaven and to sit on a cloud? You know, what is this going to be, this government that we're, we, we talk about? You know, Jesus Christ is going to come back to this earth and reign on this earth as a king. You know, we read about this in Isaiah 9. He's going to come back, establish a government of justice and peace. Many people think today that if you believe in Jesus, we're going to go to heaven and, like you said, sit on a cloud and play harps and so on. And yet we've lost the essence of the gospel. Jesus Christ commissioned his disciples to go into all the world and preach the gospel of this coming kingdom of God. You know, Edward Gibbon mentions in his book, The Decline and Fall of the Roman Empire, that the early church, for the first several hundred years, looked forward to reigning with Jesus Christ on this earth. That's not what you hear about in churches today. And yet that's what the early church taught. That's what Jesus Christ and the apostles taught. And it's going to be exciting to literally begin to reign on this earth, teach people the right way to peace, the right way to joy, the right way to happiness. Uh, and it's going to be a very exciting time. It's going to be for a group of people called the first fruits. You know, and, and going one step further in Matthew 25, uh, who, who are those people? He talks about those who are faithful and those who are using the, 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 the talent, the mina that God has given them. Um, he says, uh, well done, good and faithful servant. You are faithful over a few things. Is it in verse 20, 21 of Matthew 25? I will make you ruler over many things. Enter into the joy of the Lord. And I think it's in Luke, uh, in the book of Luke, it, the same par uh, parable 
talks about ruling over cities. And so what we're talking about is, as Dr. Winnell, you said, the first fruits, the people who are uh, the elect, those who are submitting and willing to submit their lives to living God's way now, that's what the Bible says. They're going to be ruling under Christ, have a chance to help him to administer for the first time on this earth uh, a, a wonderful government that will be there really to work for all. You know, the apostles understood that. That's why they were so excited about their calling. That's why they were willing to give their lives. You know, in Acts chapter 1, when Christ was resurrected, preparing to go to heaven, they said, will you at this time restore the kingdom? In other words, do we get our crowns now? Do we get a chance to rule now? And he said, well, it's not for you to know <laughs> right now. He has a time scale. There's going to be a smaller group of people God is calling and working with now. And then eventually everyone who's ever lived is going to have a chance to understand this same truth. So it's a really exciting future to look forward to. And then one step further that Christ told them specifically, you 12 will reign over the 12 tribes of Israel. I mean, it's amazing how much detail uh, he gives to even the structure of, uh, of the government coming. And Jesus did not say, if you blow yourself up, you're going to wind up in heaven in paradise with 70 virgins. Right. He had a very different message, right. a very different message. Well, I mean, he told the, uh, his disciples in, in John that, uh, you know, that he, he'd overcome the world and that he was going to the Father and that <clears> they would <throat> suffer tribulation. They would die in their, their, their sin. And he said that, but that he would come again. And so, you know, we talk about original Christianity. That's something Dr. Mer Meredith really started to emphasize. You know, let's talk about original <clears throat> Christianity. And uh, you can't get much more original than Jesus Christ talking to his disciples, you know, before his crucifixion. Uh, and then, of course, after that, you've got, you've got Pentecost coming up, you know, after that. Um, and he was talking to them about, uh, you know, going to the Father, but coming again. And um, we just uh, celebrated... Pentecost, which has to deal with, with righteous government and, and, and those who will inherit, uh, you know, uh, immortal life in the family of God, I thought maybe we could spend a few minutes talking um, about Pentecost. There's, a, there's an article that somebody gave me earlier today, and uh, I won't read from it at all, but it's from the Catholic Herald, and uh, it just, it, it's just talking about um, a charismatic Pentecost uh, vigil. And the Pope uh, attended it, and um, it's a charismatic Pentecost, you know, uh, celebration. Now, what they're doing is noting that the that the New Testament Church, um, you know, started at that time, and they're they're trying, but but they there's so much they don't understand. Uh, the Roman Catholic Church doesn't understand, and most people don't understand about Pentecost. And so maybe we could talk for a moment about that holy day, which we just observed. Just literally, how many, how many days? Five, four days, whatever, you know, this past Sunday, how many days back that is. And uh, what, what, what that holy day means, just briefly, what that holy day means. Because original Christianity, uh, the original Christians, uh, they celebrated it. We celebrated it. Uh, Mr. McNair? Yeah, the, what the fascinating thing is that uh, there are a lot of uh, people, Protestants, mainstream Protestants, who talk about Pentecost. You talked about the Catholic Church as well. Well, what is Pentecost? That's the day that, that um, Christ's disciples were keeping when the Holy Spirit came. Acts chapter 2, they were all with one accord um, on the day of Pentecost. Well, what was it? That was one of the Old Testament holy days. That was one of the 
festivals that the church was keeping, and but it came straight out of the Old Testament, and it really was a a harvest festival signifying the early early uh, harvest, uh, which was a part of the whole seasonal cycle there in in Jerusalem. But it's fascinating that that was a holy day that was observed by Israel for thousands of years before the time of, of the, the New Testament church. And so that should make us think about what are the other holy days and, and how does it fit in the whole picture? You know, what people don't realize today in many cases is that those holy days were not done away with. They picture the God's plan of salvation. The God has a plan that he's working out on this earth. That Christ gave his life as a sacrifice, not just for one person or for you or for me, but for the entire world. You know, he's going to come back as the savior of the world, John 4:42. But then each one of those holy days, the days of unleavened bread, picture the fact we have to put sin out of our lives. Pentecost pictures the starting of the New Testament church, the pouring out of God's spirit. And then you get to the fall holy days, the feast of trumpets, pictures a time when Christ is going to come back. There's going to be a resurrection. Then uh, Satan is going to be bound on the day of atonement. We're not going to have these bad thoughts that Satan tries to beam into our minds. And then we're going to have the Feast of Tabernacles, picturing this coming kingdom of God. And then eventually the last great day, which pictures a time when everyone who's ever lived is going to be resurrected and have a chance to understand the truth of God. Christmas, Easter, Halloween have nothing to do with this plan. It actually obscures that plan. And this is why Jesus Christ, why the apostles, why the early church, and why we keep those, those holy days today. I think as we as time goes on and we see more of these bad things, terrorism, war, and so forth, um, the more that we meditate on and believe and really understand that God is working out a plan and his holy days reveal that plan, then the more we can have hope and be joyful and positive. We don't like to see the harm and the bad things that are happening, but we know that God has a plan. And as you were mentioning, you know, Pentecost, uh, is meaningful in a number of ways, but one of the big things is that God is making a, a people holy and righteous, and he's, he's working with his church, and his church is qualifying to eventually become part of his family. And that leads, of course, to the fall holy days when you'll have God's government established on the earth and so forth. And, and so for those out there in the audience, if, if you're feeling disturbed or down or, or concerned or worried uh, or depressed or whatever about the news, uh, there's a lot of bad stuff out there. Um, but if you put your, your thoughts on God's law and if you look at God's holy days and you go to the Bible and you pray to God, uh, that is going to help you have the strength. It's, it's one of the things that will help you get through uh, what's coming. And God's holy days point towards his plan for, for everybody. And like you said, the last great day, uh, you know, you, you just skimmed over in a few seconds, you know, what, what we would give sermons on, right? But the last great day is the opportunity for everybody who ever lived. And that's one of the unique things about God and, 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 and the truth behind the, the, the Christian Bible is that God is not a respecter of persons. Uh, unlike the Quran, God doesn't tell us to go out there and just kill everybody who doesn't you know, submit, but also unlike a lot of other religions, God actually has a plan for everybody, everybody. And uh, you just touched on that, um, and I, I don't know if we want to get further into that right now, <laughs> but, um, but for those of you who, who are curious, uh, go to our website, tomorrowsworld.org, type Pentecost, uh, or go to tomorrowsworld.org, type Last Great Day, and you'll see 
uh, some articles that come up about uh, the holy days. I also want to mention real quickly, we're going to start to wrap up in a minute. Looks like this is probably the most watched show we've had yet. Uh, it was encouraging. We saw people from uh, Qatar online. We saw people from the Philippines, from Mississippi, from all, all kinds of exotic places. So, <laughs> so um, anyways. Uh, I good, lived in Mississippi. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, really nice to have everybody out there join us. Um, we are going to begin to wrap up, though. Um, I do want to... Um, to uh, give you all a, a chance to make a, a comment or two if you do, if you want to on anything before we close. Um, and I do want to plug next week's show before I ask you all for any input. Next week's show will be about what's ahead for the European Union. So maybe not so much on some of the, the, the details that we talked about today, but more big picture what's ahead for the European Union. That should be a really good show. <clears throat> Did you gentlemen have any, any comments you want to make before we start to wrap? You know, we've talked about Bible prophecy today and some of the very serious things that are coming. But what most people don't realize when you go through the prophets, Isaiah, Jeremiah, Ezekiel, Hosea, they focused on not only warnings about the future, but they also focused on the big picture of what is coming down the road that's very positive. And God's plan that we talked about, pictured by the Holy Days, pictures something very exciting, very positive, very hopeful. Because as things get difficult, and they're going to get difficult in the days and months just ahead, we need to stay focused on the big picture that really is positive. Yeah, that's that's right. And I just wanted to uh, add uh, an additional point. You know, uh, we recently lost Dr. Meredith. Uh, who had been part of this work for so many decades? He died just a few weeks ago, and and uh, and he had that focus that for for many decades he was uh, a part of preaching the gospel, which is not just telling people bad news, but actually explaining why the prophecies are there and why they're written and why they're uh, why God is is allowing us to even understand them so we can change so we can make a difference, so we can re respond favorably. And those who catch the vision can even be a part of the solution, the big picture. So um, the, as, as we have an obligation to continue that message, just like uh, Dr. Meredith did so long. He, he was a man of vision, and uh, we're going to need that uh, in the years to come. He was also very courageous. He was very <laughs> courageous. Yes, yes. Well, thank you all for joining us, Dr. Winnell and Mr. McNair. Really enjoyed the show. Mm -hmm. We're going to wrap it up. So 3 o'clock next Thursday. Hope to see you all then.